Welcome back to another edition of the talk show. This is a special edition. I'm going to do something a little different this time. It's Tuesday night now. Um, I said I didn't want to talk about the Jets at all. I had this planned. Um, I was not going to talk about the Jets. There's just too much to talk about. Uh, The coach blatantly lying and then getting caught in the lie, saying that play calling is easy. Almost admitting that they he knows the Jets are going to go three and out every time. What do you mean? He gives me the three plays before the drive, and that's it. Um, Manish Mehta and that whole story um, of him being banned from the facility and all that, and how I think that they'll probably wind up losing or winning, sorry, one game and losing out on Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so this, what I did was I wrote an article tonight, and I. I'm about to read it. You're going to hear it on this podcast. And you're going to hear why I can be so sure that the Jets will find a way to mess things up like they always do. Um, So that's what's coming up. Uh, So first I'm going to plug Anchor. And then uh, you'll hear that article read by yours truly. I'm sorry I didn't use Morgan Freeman's voice, although I do a great imitation. Um, All right, so enjoy that, and I'll catch you guys at the end. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A grounded flight. As a young boy, I boarded the flight, excited for the adventures it may bring. With a heart full of hope and a head full of dreams. That's got to be a phrase, but if it isn't, I coined it. I strapped in for what promised to be a wild ride. Oh, how naive that young boy was. I was ready for anything, I thought. The bumpy ride I was about to endure is not what I can describe, though I will try. No man could properly prepare me for what was ahead, though they tried. I sit here now, 15 years later, wondering, how did I get here? Yet through the bumps and the bruises along the way, I held on tight, often still optimistic of what the future might bring. My tolerance for pain has grown, and so has my hope for the inevitable light at the end of the tunnel. The part of the trip that makes the long, hard road all worth it. It will come, right? It is inevitable. It's only natural. I think. Yet I still don't know. Like many things, it is this fantasy, my imagination of the future, which keeps me holding on throughout the ride. A fantasy even my own conscience knows it must no longer believe. You're probably wondering, what is this guy talking about? What flight? What trip? Of course I'm talking about the lifelong, never-ending nightmare of being a New York Jets football fan. No, no one has died. Yes, I'm healthy and live a happy life. There is no real tragedy. Yet, there is no worse sports experience in the world than rooting for and caring about this dreadful franchise. Being on board this jet flight of never-ending chaos is a roller coaster. I assume most people would not endure. Just jump off, adopt another team, or another hobby entirely. However, I fight on. I still care. I often wish I didn't, but I can't help it. I'm deeply entrenched in this now, and there is no turning back. 
In the early years, I was a young boy just having fun watching football. My father told me he was a Jets fan, so I became one. I used to play Madden 07 football video game. This helped me learn the game and its players. This is also when I first became invested in this team and all that came with it. I did not know this alone was a suicide mission. My first vivid memory as a Jets fan was the Giants winning the 07 Super Bowl. I had many friends who were Giant fans, and I was overall happy. Happy a New York team won. Happy they beat a team from Boston. But I knew this was not my team winning. We, get our, we will get ours soon, I assumed. This hope soon became what seemed to be a reality. The great Brett Favre, forced out of Green Bay to make room for the young Aaron Rodgers, was coming out of retirement, his brief retirement, to play for my team. This was going to be great. Ten weeks into the season, we could feel that this was it. We were legit. Then came my first bump in the road, the first turbulence, as the, de- as the Jets came crashing down, missing the playoffs entirely in dramatic fashion. New hope. That's the thing about being a Jets fan. They always find a way to reel you back and convince you good times are still to come. My first experience of this was from the Rex Ryan era. A fiery, loudmouth coach, a feisty defense led by my all-time favorite Jet, Darrell Rivas, and an offense led by rookie quarterback Mark Sanchez. They were not great this first year, but they had an edge to them. They were fun. They snuck into the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, and they gave me hope. This hope I still carry with me today. While that, team's, while that year's team ultimately fell short, in the AFC Championship game versus Peyton Manning and the, Indiana- and the Indianapolis Colts. You felt a dynasty coming. The following season, the team was back and better than ever. Hall of Fame running back LaDainian Tomlinson and all-pro wideout Santonio Holmes were new additions to the squad. This team was better and had even more attitude than ever. I will never forget watching them go into Pittsburgh in the snow on a Sunday night primetime game late in the season and beat the dreaded Steelers. They marched into the playoffs this time at 10-6, and six, ready to prove they belonged. And who better to do it against than their old foe, Peyton and the Colts. Nick Folk's kick sailed through the uprights as time expired, shocking the Indianapolis crowd and sending my Jets to Foxborough for a meeting with the Patriots. Just a few weeks earlier, this team embarrassed the Jets, and they were ready to return the favor. Who could forget David Harris' interception? Holmes' Super Bowl-reminiscent touchdown, and of course, Bart Scott's post-game speech. They had done what was thought to be impossible. They knocked off the division rival Patriots, making Sanchez the first QB to beat Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in back-to-back playoff games in the process. The Jets were going back to the title game for the second straight year. They were set to meet with another one of the game's best, Ben Roethlisberger, in a city they had a memorable win just a few weeks prior. I'll never forget this. Watching the highlights over and over all week, I couldn't wait for Sunday. Record scratch. Uh, Smash cut. (laughs) Minute and a half to go. First half, Mark Sanchez, strip sacked, returned for a touchdown. Pittsburgh, 24. The Jets, nothing. I won't forget the Roethlisberger nameplate stitched on Ben's back, being torn off as Jet tacklers attempted and failed to bring him down. I will never forget the words my father said, to me at, that ha- at the end of the half. Enjoy this. You won't see them come this far for a long time. He was right. They haven't made the playoffs since. 
I'm getting emotional from this. Wow, crazy. Um, but I was still young, dumb, and naive. I watched the second half with hope, waiting for something to break our way. Then a safety, followed by a touchdown, 19 unanswered points, and the Jets did what they always do. Something I only learned years later. They pulled me back in. Just to break my heart again. A pass to Antonio Brown, a young Antonio Brown, for a first down at the two-minute warning, sealing the victory for the Steelers and the fate of the Jets season. The following season, it was announced the Jets would be the subject of the HBO show Hard Knocks. This brought more buzz than ever to Jets camp. Rex Ryan predicted this team would break through this year and guaranteed they'd be in the Super Bowl. This wasn't the, the camp's only chaos. As all pro Revis was holding out in hopes of a new contract, the Jets obliged. How could you not? Despite the circus, once the season got underway, the team was back on track. Despite some wild losses, including falling victims to the Tim Tebow magic on a Thursday night in Denver, the Jets found themselves at 8-5 and five with, five games rem- with three games remaining in prime position to make the playoffs. Then came the collapse. Three straight losses. The Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown on, sun- on Saturday, sparking their, Super Bowl, their second Super Bowl run and capped off by the gut-wrenching loss in Miami as Antonio Holmes turned his back, quite literally, on the team from the sidelines. The following few seasons brought more chaos. Going all in on Peyton Manning, yet, f- yet fall- failing to lure him in, settling to bring in the phenomenon Tim Tebow, who took the league by storm just a few months or prior instead, only to learn what many had already known, you can't have two starting quarterbacks. Two games into the season, they lost my beloved Revis for the year to injury. But oh, it got worse. Thursday night, Thanksgiving, national television. You know where this is headed. Versus the rivaled Patriots, Mark Sanchez ran into his own offensive lineman's rear end, fumbling in the process, now known as the butt fumble. Arguably the most iconic moment in Jets history, en route to a blowout loss at home. The Jets went 6-10, but it felt like 0-16 and my love for the team had slowly waned. Following the season, Revis, again, wanted more money, and the Jets had no choice but to trade the face of the franchise to Tampa. Body blow. I was crushed. I hated this team. How could they? I bought a Revis at Jersey, actually, at a reduced price, hoping he'd come back one day. And then they did what they do. They pulled me back in again. This time... In the draft, as they took Revis's replacement in D. Milner, along with Sheldon Richardson, both in the first round, and the sec- and in the second, the savior, the quarterback of the future, fell in their lap, Geno Smith. We are back, I thought. Oh, how wrong I was. I've never seen, to this day, a quarterback who took so many sacks to knock the Jets out of field goal range on third down as Geno Smith. If they had a stat to measure this... It would be called the Ryan after Matt Ryan, who had the most memorable one, 28-3 Super Bowl. He took the sack that knocked them out of field goal range. Would have put the, game the way, put the game away at that point. But even in his long career, he probably doesn't have as many as Geno does. The chaos continued as I started taking up other interests in the NFL. I loved Aaron Rodgers and fantasy football. The next few seasons became a blur. At some point, Rex was fired. The anti-Rex, soft-spoken Todd Bowles was hired, but alas, the Jets remained the same. I watched my beloved Revis win a ring with the hated Patriots. 
Geno Smith got punched by a teammate as the team became the league's punching bag. Then, the next is false hope. The Jets re-signed Revis. My, pop, my prophecy came true. I excitedly dusted off the jersey and watched a magical season, led by Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker. Oh, 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 Fitzmagic. Thrilling victories against big-time rivals like the Giants and Patriots in primetime set them up for a Week 17 matchup in Buffalo. A win-and-you're-in game. The Jets were back again. We all gathered around ready to party. And again, my father warned, don't let them do this to you again. I didn't listen. This time would be different. It's a new era. I was wrong. Revis got burned. Fitz sucked. And just to rub it in, like this team always does, they drove down the field one last chance with one last chance to take the lead and win the game. And then, in Iron Eagle's voice, I'll do my best Iron imitation. Desperation mode for the Jets. Fitzpatrick. Intercepted. It's over. Another heartbreak. Another. There's next year. Next year, the magic was gone. Same old Jets. They took Jamal Adams in the draft, another great player. Didn't matter. The team still sucked. They pulled me back again, trading up in the draft to draft quarterback Sam Darnold, third overall. A kid out of USC. Likeable. Easy to root for. And in my opinion, the best quarterback in that draft class. Despite a shaky first season, there was hope. I won't forget sitting just a few rows up from the Jets' sideline, watching Sam battle it out with the great Aaron Rodgers in an overtime defeat in his rookie year. The refs blew that game, by the way. Terrible calls. After the season, Bulls was replaced with the offensive guru, air quotes, Adam Gase. While this was a curious move, Gase had just been fired by my division rival, Miami, the Jets had high hopes for the season after GM Mike McCagnet went out and brought in free agents Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley. McCagnet was fired shortly after. Weird. You'd let the guy spend your money, draft your future, then fire him. By the end of opening day, I was there too, the hope was lost. The Jets blew a 16-point lead at home to Buffalo. That would turn out to be the only game Mosley has played to this date as a jet (laughs) but yet again it gets worse after the game darnold was diagnosed with mono and would have to miss time (sighs) mono these indeed were the same darn old jets get it like sam darnold the butt of every joke the season felt like like a lost one and despite darnold coming back and showing flashes leading the team to to a 7-9 record after a disastrous start. The season felt pathetic. Prize free agent Bell made no splash outside of being seen out bowling the night before a game he missed with the flu. In addition to the mono, Darnold had the seeing ghost games game and overall regressed from his rookie campaign. Another year, another offseason disaster. As we approached the 20, this 2020 season, we wondered, what would new GM Joe Douglas do in his first draft and free agency to help improve Darnold? The answer, not much. Despite this being the deepest wide receiver draft, JD opted to go with an offensive tackle at the 11th pick in the draft. Uh, good pick, I gotta say. And let Sam's favorite target, Robbie Anderson, walk in free agency. As the Jets entered the season, 
another star DB wanted a contract. I've heard that one before. When he didn't get it, he dragged the team through the mud and did not let up until the team was forced to trade him. A few weeks later, Bell was also cut. Now they're 0-11 and look like the worst team in football by far. So now you're all caught up. (laughs) So now, every Sunday I try not to watch and I root for my team to lose in hopes of getting Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. But what in this franchise's history makes you think they will get him? They do everything wrong. They can't even tank correctly. For some reason, Gase is still here. Maybe he gives you the best chance of losing? Jets' current ownership has never fired a coach midseason. But after Gase blatantly lied to the media about calling plays on Sunday, you'd think now would be the time. Meanwhile, they're losing ground in the race for the next head coach hire to teams like the Texans and the Lions. How can you keep a coach who is this bad lying to the media and trying to win games which would only set back your franchise even further? Yet, we sit here on Tuesday night, December 1st, and Gase is still the coach of this team. So if you think I'm crazy for thinking that the Jets will somehow find a way to mess up the tank for Trevor, now you know why. Everything in their miserable history tells you why. So while I don't know how they'll do it, they always invent new ways. I know they will mess it up. They always do. Here we go again. The Jets' mantra is take flight. I think it's safe to say this flight is grounded and is showing no signs of taking off anytime soon. Okay, that's the article. Now you know. Now you know why I'm so confident the Jets will screw everything up forever. Now you know how tortured I am. I hope you feel sympathy for me now. As I will forever (laughs) be a fan of this terrible team. Um, In other news, the end to the Seahawks game last night was crazy from some betters. I think we're rapidly approaching a place where the... NFL will realize that they have to probably cancel tomorrow's game between the Steelers and the Ravens. And then that puts us in a scenario where there will be an 18th week and there'll be eight playoff teams in each conference. So I guess, I don't know, maybe we won't see that. Maybe we'll just see a terrible Ravens team, a shell of themselves tomorrow night. I don't know. Um, But that's what I got. I got a couple episodes coming up. I'm going to post this article. I don't know where yet. I might just start a blog page or post it on Reddit or some other stuff like that. But um, that's what I got. So I hope you enjoyed and stick around to enjoy some Bon Jovi. That little touch that I've added at the end of this. I hope you enjoy that. So if you didn't know that that was about to start playing, if you never made it to the end of a podcast, listen and enjoy. Enjoy.